I got to be honest, guys. I um, I don't really know how to start this podcast off. It's been a weird two weeks. I didn't do the podcast last week because of the George Floyd protests. Well, they hadn't even really got started around that time, not in the way that they are now. Just, I was bummed. I was depressed. I couldn't, yeah, just couldn't, couldn't rationalize doing it last week. But, um, went to the Black Lives Matter rally here in Lethbridge on Thursday. Wasn't going to go. I'd pretty much talked myself out of it. Wednesday night, I was listening to Whitney Cummings' podcast, and she had Donnell Rawlings on. And I was like, ah, fuck. I'm going to feel like a piece of shit. I'm going to beat myself up over it afterwards if I don't go to this. Think I need to do it. And a big part of the reason I didn't want to go was COVID. I was like, man, I, I don't know if I can go and be in a group of a thousand people haven't left my house in three months haven't seen my friends just started hugging my parents again about a month ago less than that and I don't know if I can go to a big group of a thousand people and chill for five hours but uh, went, decided, you know, that it was the right thing to do. And I'm glad I went. I am. Um, everyone there wearing masks. I've seen a couple photos online. Different news organizations in Lethbridge sharing photos where no one's wearing masks at the rally. And they don't call attention to it, but everyone in the comments does. And I'm like... That, that, okay, this news site knows what they're doing. They're, uh, they picked, I don't know where they managed to get a photo where no one was wearing a mask, but there sure were quite a few people walking around handing out masks to everyone, and everyone was wearing a mask. So I'm like, man, what's, what angle did you get that you were able to get a photo where no one was wearing masks so everyone in the comments can go, what about my kid's graduation? <laughs> like, fuck me. But I went and everyone was wearing masks and I uh, went with my buddy and he had a couple extra N95 masks from uh, when he did some painting. So he gave me one of those and it was great. It was awesome. Awesome. A lot of, uh, obviously we had, uh, you know, some black people get up and talk. We had some, uh, indigenous people get up and talk. Um, one of my buddies, Ferris, another, uh, comedian in Lethbridge got up twice and spoke super powerful was yeah. Unreal. It was awesome. Um, afterwards I did, uh, go to, uh, tell him how great he was. And because I haven't left my house in three months and not practiced on the COVID things, I immediately went in for a handshake and, uh, I caught him by surprise and he shook my hand and I, the whole rest of the day, I was like, yeah, I might've just, might've just given, <laughs> given him COVID, but 
Went the next day, got a COVID test, negative, didn't get COVID at the rally. Which I will admit, catching COVID-19 at a Black Lives Matter rally uh, does feel pretty peak 2020. Would have been, it was one of those things that like, as soon as I got the test, there was a little part of my brain that was like, I kind of hope I get COVID. Cause like, that's a great, that's such a great premise for just like, I got COVID at a Black Lives Matter rally. You can spin that into anything. But that's the important thing. I think that we've learned through all of this is what white people need to do in this time is make it about them and how Black Lives Matter can benefit them. I think that's what <laughs> that seems to be really what we've learned. But yeah, went to the rally. Some really great uh, speeches. Um some really great perspectives brought up. Uh, did the kneel a couple times. I think twice we did the nine minute long kneel, which like, holy fuck. It's a long time to kneel on somebody's neck. Like when you kneel for nine minutes, you're like, oh yeah, if you had any doubt in your mind that it was a murder, I, which, like, fuck me. If you watch that video and are like, was it a murder? You're dumb. Um, but you had any doubt before, like nine minutes. Holy fuck, that's a long time to kneel. That's, that's intent. But, um, yeah. Went, did it. Saw quite a few people there. Hadn't seen in months. It's good to see people out there, you know, standing as allies or in the case of black, brown, indigenous people, people of color. Good to see them out there. You know, well, shouldn't have to be doing it, but it uh, it's good to be there for people, I guess. It's a trip, man. I. Um, yeah. I posted a thing on Instagram about it. I, this last year kind of stopped doing political stuff online. Cause it was just getting to the point where all I was doing was anytime I saw someone post something, I would just, you know, I would just rag on people and dunk on people. And to be fair, I still think I was right in my opinions. <laughs> like, it's not like I was dunking on people who didn't have it coming, but it was just, I wasn't doing it because I cared about those issues at a certain point. It was just becoming a big ego trip for me. So I struggled with uh, when this, you know, when the George Floyd protests began, I was like, like, I feel like, you know, you gotta use your voice as a straight white middle class dude in a first world nation to boost some of these, boost some of this important info and maybe try and sway some people. But yeah, I still, it's still, whenever I post something, I've got this little voice in the back of my head that's like, okay, but are you like, are you just doing this to show everyone how smart you are or are you actually being helpful? And I think I've, you know, managed to 
walk a decent line with it so far the last two weeks. Also, you know, definitely updated some opinions over these two weeks. It, uh, yeah, man, there is some fundamental issues with policing in the in Western society that there is some fucked up institutional shit, which I got to be honest, you know, I was, a, I guess I was aware of that, but I didn't really, you know, I, I definitely, I'd heard that whole like a cab, all cops are bastards thing and always gone. Eh. I don't think that's fucking helpful to say that. And I still don't, I don't think that is a helpful name for that cause. Having said that, the whole defund the police thing, the more I look into it, the more I read into it, the idea of going, hey, instead of just having one service, the police that we're going to drop mental health care, wellness checks, homelessness, crime, investigation, ticketing for minor offenses, um just and go, oh yeah, they're just going to handle all these things and we're not going to have a lot of oversight on them and we're just going to let that roll. Just anything that we don't really have a solution for, just let the guys with the guns handle it. And that doesn't make any sense, does it? And that's not fair to police either. To like, to put them in that position of going, Hey, here's a bunch of problems that we don't have a solution for. You deal with them. I think that's maybe the way that movement needs to be articulated is, hey, like, let's start actually being smart about how we're spending our money and resources to fix these problems because obviously this isn't fucking working. Like... Oh, you got drugs in your community? Let the cops deal with it. Oh, you got mentally ill people in your community? Let the cops deal with it. You got homeless people in your community? Let the cops deal with it. Don't, you know, have addiction specialists and mental health experts and uh, mental health experts specializing in homelessness uh, deal with those problems. Just, just have one catch-all for all of it. Like, what the fuck are we thinking? And, you know, especially in the States where you're looking at the average police officer getting something like 600 hours of training before they get on the job. That's 15 weeks. That's not, that's less than a semester. Like, what? You're going to just send someone out there with 600 hours of training and go <laughs> there. If this was a regular job that they were getting on the job training, like a bartender is off probation at three months and you're going three months plus three weeks, you're ready to be a cop. What? Like, man. And then especially in the States with the police union and that kind of stuff. 
uh, qualified immunity, you can't sue a cop. And also there's no outside review process for anything they do, which there is for the RCMP in a lot of places, it looks like, but also I don't fucking know. And like, yeah, of course you're going to have people abuse their power. And especially in the States since 9-11, how they've just decided to militarize all their police forces. So fucking Halliburton can add an extra zero to their balance sheet this year. Yeah. Like, yeah, here's 600 hours of training. It takes twice that to become a barber. Here's 600 hours of training. And here's chemical weapons that are illegal in warfare. And tear gas and rubber bullets, which we call less lethal ammunition, which sounds a lot like still lethal ammunition. Hit the streets, pal. Like, cops are just fucking retail, man. In the States, at least. You're getting not enough training, and they're like, here's your smock and your price gun. Let's get out there. If anyone black happens to come in the store, make sure to follow them. They're miscreants. Like, fuck me. And you've got these protests that, like, fuck me. I was at the one in Lethbridge. And it was a thousand people there. And it was 100% peaceful. And to be fair, Lethbridge police didn't fuck with anyone. But you see these videos in the States where cops in Minneapolis are driving by protesters who are on the side of the road, pepper spraying out the fucking window. And you're like, yeah, these guys are great. There's, man, every time, and the shitty thing is, you see this stuff get posted on Facebook and every comment under it is just these women named Katrina who are 56 years old and their profile photo is their dog. And they're a top fan with a little diamond next to it on uh, Facebook. And they're like, these protesters are just, they're causing so much problems. And you're like, they, I, they, how dare they destroy businesses? What, what about, I guess COVID's just done now. And it's like, bitch. You were the one complaining about the COVID lockdowns. Kind of seems like now that it's black and brown people who want to not be murdered, and that's the reason they're out instead of white dudes who want haircuts. White dudes with haircuts, you were like, these are patriots. <laughs> black, brown, indigenous people, people of color who are like, we don't want to be murdered. You're like, these are, <laughs> these are thugs. Good. So I guess we see where the distinction is now. We're all crystal clear. Haircut. Good. Don't murder me. Bad. Destroying our nation. Like. Holy. Yeah. And I like. Fuck me. I was you know, 
I'm, I definitely, I see it too. Like I get, I get the police side of it. And by, I'm not saying I endorse the police side, nor am I saying that they are right in what they're doing. I'm just saying I get it is I understand like, yeah, if you have a job where you kind of the internal culture is, Hey, we're out here defending the streets. We got to, and we're the one, we're the good guys. And every fucking movie and everything, every piece of media is, Hey, you're the good guys. And there's people out in the street saying, hey, you're the bad guys. Well, then in your mind, you're going to go, well, I can't be the bad guy because I'm I'm me. I'm the hero of my own story. So that must mean all these people are the bad guys who are out here protesting. And, you know, Chief did give me this tear gas launcher, which, once again, chemical weapon you can't use in warfare anymore, but you can use it in American city streets for some reason. And he's like, well, chief gave me this and they say I'm the bad guy, but I know I'm not the bad guy because I'm me and I can't do anything wrong because I'm me. I'm the hero. So that must mean these are the bad guys. So I guess I'm gonna, hmm, they're out here saying, hey, let's, uh, let's stop brutalizing citizens, please, police. I think the only way to stop these guys is to brutalize them. And you know what? Also, the president said we've got to dominate the streets to keep these thugs from destroying our nation. So I guess we've got the stamp of approval from the highest office in the land. Let's go. Yeah, let's push down that 75-year-old man. Don't worry about it. The president will come out with a conspiracy theory from a fucking Russian news source next week about how he's actually a plant. It's a setup. He had a blood capsule on the back of his head. Huh. And you know, I also Canada, not fucking perfect. I have been the guy in the past to often and somewhat loudly say, yeah, but it's not the same in Canada. And here's the thing. It's not the same in Canada. I do stand by that. Cops in the U.S. kill people on the job at a rate of four times per capita what RCMP do. But that means RCMP are still killing people on the job, which not good. Don't do that. Like, fuck me. It's great to be able to go, hey, we're only doing a quarter. But when it's human lives being lost, it's harder to justify. Well, it's not as bad. Like, what a shitty opinion that I had for years and like shit it's but also like you know i think it goes to show 
Well, okay. I think the RCMP are maybe as good as you can get with police reform or as close as you can. Because RCMP, you know, in Toronto, there is looking into the death of Regis. There is the woman who uh, fell from her balcony while there were two police officers in her apartment with her and no one else. There is a civilian-led board that are reviewing the case and who review all cases of uh, 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 sexual assault, uh, violence, uh, accusations against police officers. Now, I don't know if that's the case in every province. But I think... Also, you know, 600 hours, less than four months to be a cop in the States. And I don't know if that's everywhere, but that sure seems to be the stat that's getting thrown around a lot. I think criminal justice in Canada is what, like a two-year course? Could be wrong on that. I think it's at least two years. But I think it does go to show, yeah, okay, you can reform police and you can make sure they're not using illegal weapons of war against civilians and ban chokeholds. I don't know if chokeholds are banned in Canada. Um, and do this and this and this and offer way more training and keep more up-to-date training. But when it's Sanford prison experiment, as long as you have, for people who don't know what that is, basically they put a bunch of people, you know, in a prison and they said, okay, this group has power over this group. And they just started acting like the guards. They started abusing that power. And basically the mantra of it is you give power to a group of people over another group. They're going to abuse that power. It's the Hutus and Tutsis in Rwanda. It's all this shit. Time and time again, you give power to people over other people, they will abuse that power. And, but with the checks and balances of the RCMP, obviously better than the US police. Less deaths per capita. It's also worth noting racism in Canada because we don't originally come from and we did have slavery in Canada until 1833. But because it wasn't such a core part of our nation, wasn't as widespread, and we didn't have Jim Crow laws, redlining, all these kind of things that came after it that, you know, segregation still affected the black community up until the 60s. I guess you can make the argument, okay, maybe racism isn't as systemic it's more implicit in the Canadian system. So you can do all these reformations you want to the police system, which is what, you know, the Democrats are proposing in Congress right now. But if you have one group of people who A, you're asking to do a whole bunch of specialized things that they're not specially trained for, at least not to the level of 
you know, mental health care professionals, addiction specialists, these kind of things. You're asking these people to do all these things and you're still going to have, like, yeah, it's a quarter of the amount of deaths, but you're still going to have deaths. And, hey, fuck me. I don't know, I don't know how many social workers are out here killing homeless people, but I got to imagine it's less. And, hey, maybe the argument is, while they're not in as, you know, the cops are there in the front line in the high-pressure situations. But have you interacted with a cop? It's a high-pressure situation. Yeah, like there is a degree of pressure and bad juju and fear that every... I'm a fucking white dude, middle-class, born and raised... Who still, when I get pulled over by the cops, my heart a little bit gets going. Because it's a stressful situation. No one's happy to see the cops. It's. And yeah, so obviously, I don't know if you can. Like you can be trained in de-escalation and all that kind of stuff which it seems like cops in the States just are not. And I don't know how, to the extent, RCMP are. But I think the aura that police just emit in our culture because you only see the cops when you're getting in trouble is an aura that is going to escalate situations. So, yeah, like before I, you know, when I first heard the whole defund the police thing, I was like, okay, but how's that going to fucking work? Like, what are you going to do? But the more I look into it, it's like, okay, no, that makes a lot more sense. And it's kind of insane that we haven't already been doing that. Is, yeah, let's train and pay people to do these specific jobs. And we've got to start looking at addiction, especially with the fucking opioid crisis, addiction, homelessness, some of these things as not being criminal problems, but being mental health problems, being, you know, just societal problems that we've got to fix rather than trying to punish them. And especially... Man, like, it is nuts when you think about, like, I still get frightened, stressed, whatever, when I get pulled over by a cop, and nine times out of ten, that cop looks a lot more like me than if it was a black guy getting pulled over. Like, God, I can't imagine that. And you got to sit there and go, okay, does this, who is this guy? This guy who has explicit power over me. What's his background? What's he posted on his Facebook wall? Is he going, all lives matter? And then secretly going, I'm going to just 
pop that off my gun on the old holster and uh, let's see what this guy's got to say. Give me an excuse. I've had a bad morning. Yeah, Jesus, it's crazy. And I don't know how you can look like fucking a lady on Facebook said something about, well, what about the black police officer who shot a white guy in Florida yesterday? She didn't say it that concisely. There was a lot of spelling mistakes. Um, and I responded back, well, shit, man, you've convinced me there's no problems with police brutality. And she replied, then you agree it's a police issue, not a race issue. And it's like, yeah, unless you look at any of the stats that involve the race of victims, then it's probably a race issue. And fuck me. Also, what kind of argument is that? The, hey, we're out here talking about police brutality. Police kill lots of people. <laughs> I guess I won that argument. <laughs> Hey, yeah, that's what we're saying, man. We should probably fix that. And also, it's like, hey, like, I'm making a fucking podcast where I'm just sitting here ranting against stuff and giving my own opinions. Should I have, like, what, yeah, there's a, there's ego going on in here. Should I have had a fucking black friend of mine on to talk about this and maybe do some listening? Yeah, probably should have. But also, it's my podcast. And uh, I don't want to have guests. Still COVID. But I don't know, maybe the thing to talk about then is not... what we need to do. It's like, yeah, you know, I, to be fair, the things that I'm talking about, they're not my ideas. I'm listening. I'm doing my best to get out there and get perspectives of, you know, black, brown, indigenous, people of color, and you know, trying to figure out, okay, what do you guys think? What's the solution here? And it does seem to be that defund the police is the loudest cry. But, you know, I don't know, is this, is the helpful thing to do on this platform right now? Is it to try and be the guy who goes, these ideas are coming from me, which, you know, to be fair, yeah, I've got ideas about it. But those ideas are coming from a place of undeniable privilege. Like, I cannot fathom what it means to be someone policed by a body of authority that does not reflect you and seems to be built on overtly targeting 
you. I don't know what that's, don't know what that's like. That's, you know, that's the thing about being a white straight dude in the fucking middle class in an affluent white nation is it's like, hey, everything here was built by and for guys that look like me. It's just all kind of manufactured to benefit me. It's made, hey, when they were going, how can we make this easier? How can, when we're building this society, you know, we want to make things, we want to make things good. We want to make things easy for our citizens. We want to make things efficient. The underlying thing is we want to make them good and efficient and easy for us because we're the ones building it. I don't know what it's like for these guys over here. And if I'm honest, I don't really like them. So yeah, I don't get it. I can empathize, you know, I can listen and I can try and imagine. I got a good imagination and I got a lot of empathy, but I can't, I, I'm never going to know, never going to know what it's like. And you know, I also, I got to learn how to be a better ally with this shit because I can be guilty of doing that performative allyship bullshit. And whenever I do it, I'm like, man, why'd you just do that? And it, the reason is, is because, you know, you want to be seen as a good person. You want to you know, you want to be good to people, but at the end of the day, they're going through a fundamentally different experience than you are. And so trying to pretend like you, yeah, I get it, is it's going to come off as phony, hollow, performative, whatever. And it's self-serving. It's to make yourself feel comfortable in the situation. And often it's at the expense of making the people you're trying to perform this allyship for uncomfortable. Like I'm bad for fucking hanging out with gay black people and just every once in a while saying something that I'm like, man, did a fucking robot just override my brain and try and throw out just the most bullshit weird like sentence where it's like, Hey, I'm a good guy here. Don't worry. I'm one of the good whites. If I had a fucking nickel for every time I have walked away from a conversation with someone and gone, Hey, why did I just feel the need to broadcast to everyone that I'm one of the good whites? Cause I do that shit. Like I'm the guy who I'll be in a conversation with someone. This, you know, what's a good example was a couple, couple months ago. I was in the city with a buddy of mine, his roommates black and we're driving away at one point, And I was like, we're talking, we've been hanging out all day. 
and I was like, man, you know what? I got to say, it's, it's nice to get out of Lethbridge. That city is just all fucking white people. And it was one of those things where as soon as I said it, I was like, hey, that's a weird thing to say to a person. Because uh, what... Uh, that's just to make me feel like one of the good whites. That's not doing anything for them. Like, what What was he supposed to say to that? Oh. <laughs> I, you know, this whole past six hours of us hanging out and you, uh, you know, uh, just uh, hanging out and being a person with me. Uh, the whole time I was thinking this might be one of the bad whites, but then you said that and I realized, oh, this is one of the good whites. Oh, thank God. Not one of them. Not, oh, you know, it was your actions, uh, I was unsure from, but as soon as the words came out of your mouth, they always say words speak louder than actions. And from your words, I've been able to tell that you are in fact one of the good whites. And uh, I just drove away like, hey, why'd you do that, man? Why did your brain need to pop that one into the old chamber? But, yeah, I don't know. Try and be a good ally. Try and educate yourself. It's all you can kind of do in this situation. And also... You know, you've got to elevate voices that need to be heard a little bit more than yours, I guess. Which, once again, funny to say that when I have a podcast, could be elevating other voices and am not. So, like, yeah, little bullshit. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have guests on this thing. <laughs> That's my only excuse. Maybe I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't have put it out. But I feel like I got to put it out. Like it's I don't know. I have a lot of feelings around all of this and I feel like I don't know, got to put them out. It is some Crazy, disheartening stuff, I will say. But, I don't know, if there's one positive kind of note, maybe I'll leave it on, is I think I realized through this last two weeks or so just how much the three and a half years less than of the Trump presidency have just fucked with me. Just stress, stress, stress. I'm a fragile, overly empathetic person, and this has fucked with me. Has not, have not felt a lot of hope since... 2016. And I gotta say, seeing 
people coming together and standing up for each other, standing up for themselves and seeing results and like people coming together on a global scale, like every state in the United States, but then Edmonton had 15,000 people at their rally. My hometown of Brooks, hundreds of people came out and marched to City Hall. And Brooks, small town, lot, lot of black people, lot of Asian people, lot of people of color. But still, there's a lot of ingrained racism in that town, for sure. But still, hundreds of people came out in a town of 15,000 to, I guess, stand together and try and make some good in the world. And fuck me, after two weeks of hitting the streets, there's some shit legitimately happening. Like, man, Minneapolis, city council, majority, nine members, I believe, are saying, you know, have vowed to dismantle their police force, defund it. And try and replace it with something a little bit more beneficial to the community. Something a little bit more, well, like, it's just crazy when you think about, okay, the world has advanced so much. The world has advanced so much in the last 20 years, let alone before that. And we're still policing in the fundamentally the same way we've been doing since the mid 1800s. We haven't really changed that much at a fundamental level. Like that's crazy. What other thing in society are you going? Yeah, we've just, we figured it out in 1838. First, uh, police department in the U S Boston PD. We figured it out. And that's just kind of how we're going to do. We're just going to roll with that. At a fundamental level, we're not going to go back and reinvent it all. Nothing. There's nothing else. Some of their systems of government also in dire needs of uh, replacement. But you see Minneapolis doing that. You see Congress proposing police reform, which, you know, as I said, I don't know if reformation is the way to go. I think... You might need to uh, completely rebuild the system. And you're seeing people come together and you're seeing more people, at least on social media. So, you know, I guess we'll see what actions speak. Because as I said, you know, actions speak louder than words. We've got to, like... But you're seeing thousands of people marching together, hundreds of thousands probably in total. Globally, yeah, hundreds of thousands, I would bet. People starting to, well, marching, and then you're having even more people who aren't getting out on the streets but are starting to go, hey, I think we might have some real fucking problems that we've got to address if we're going to keep having a society. And... And more importantly, a society that doesn't just work for 
guys that look exactly like me. So that's maybe this last two weeks seeing people come together and more importantly, seeing people actually get shit done. Like getting demands met, getting things pushed through, all that is maybe the first time I've felt genuinely hopeful since 2016. Since the early days. And that's pretty powerful. And that's maybe, you know, I'm also, I'm, I'm hesitant to go and use the whole, well, you know, is at least George Floyd's death counted for something. Because I'm sure at the end of the day, if his daughter could choose between the world being a better place and just having her dad, I'm sure she would choose having her dad. But, so yeah, I don't, I don't believe in going, well, you know, at least it counted because, like, I'm, be much better if we didn't have to have martyrs dying on the street for people to figure this shit out. But, I guess we are, we're seeing people come together in a way that I don't think they really have, not in my lifetime, for sure. And like, fuck me, 650 towns and cities in the US marching for black lives, 110 cities had riots when MLK was shot. So... That's six times as many. And then you go with everywhere across the world, all the global reach this has had. I think people got to keep the pressure up because holy shit, people getting together, mobilizing and making their voices heard is working at a scale that I don't think I've ever seen before. And I don't know, like, I don't know, they don't seem to be really slowing down. Saturday was the biggest day so far in Washington. I think, you know, people are out of work from COVID. People don't have jobs to get back to. I think this might, I don't see this ending anytime soon. Because... Chauvin's up on second-degree murder and manslaughter. The other three officers have been charged. But Breonna Taylor, cop who killed her, don't think has been charged yet. And people are still marching. Like, I don't see this stopping with half measures and band-aids this time. Which is a good thing. Um, and that's something, yeah, that's pretty, pretty, uh, sensational to see in my time. Gotta be honest, 
didn't think I would see it. Like, always kind of figured, hey, things, you know, I've always been the guy who said things are trending positively in a more progressive direction with every passing year, it seems. But I don't know if we're going to see big upheavals and big, big, big changes before I'm gone. But holy shit, I might be wrong, man. Like, because it seems like citizens have the ears of their uh, leader right now. Leaders. And it's pretty incredible. And I don't know where it does stop. I think especially now that Minneapolis has announced they're going to disband their police department and replace it with something else. I think once people have seen, holy shit, we can get that done. I think people are going to keep going until they see a lot more cities doing that. And there's other cities talking about it, I guess. It's... But yeah, I think I think there's still a lot of momentum in this movement. And I think it's important that we still keep it in the national dialogue. It's because it's some pretty uh, some pretty sensational stuff that's getting done. And. Yeah. It's. uh pretty incredible. And I think there's a lot more still to be done, but I think, I think if people keep at it, then it'll, it'll get done. Hmm. Well, shit. That's 50 minutes. I think, uh, I think I'll leave her off there. I, uh, love you guys. Stay safe out there. Keep making your voices heard, I guess. And also, you know, don't be me. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up and let some other people's voices hurt, be heard as well. I, uh, I got to get out there and do a little bit more reading, a little bit more research, and a little bit more uh, promoting of other people's voices. But I love you guys, and I'll see you next time.